I feel like I'm going to be paralyzed soon. I, I don't, I don't know how to respond to that. Yeah, I know. All right, good times. Let's go. Josh made awkward by saying he's going to be paralyzed. I'm <laughs> no, I mean, I really feel like that. I really, I feel like Zach's just sitting there with a the cat on his lap and he's rubbing it. <laughs> this is how super villains like, are. This is how what, Inspector Gadget, are, the bad guy, not the bad right? guy. Right, this is how super villains are born. Zach just got like heard all this and he's got this cat and he's just looking at it and he's making some life choices right now. I feel Probably, bad. Uh, Feel bad for the cat. Oh, Zach sounds quiet now. What? Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah, I feel bad for Josh too. Oh, let's just get this going. I don't even know how to transition. Let's just go. <laughs> Welcome to On the Bench. I'm Brendan Sinone, joined by Josh Newberg, who is just dragging down the whole entire mood of this pre-podcast recording. So bring up the energy, Joshua. But Zach's here with a cat. That's Chris Nee. And Zach Blostein apparently is going crazy by babysitting a cat, which doesn't even make sense because it should be cat sitting. So I don't know. I don't know what's happening. It's a weird podcast, weird vibes. Uh, maybe this will end up being a good one. Maybe we just keep spiraling into oblivion. I don't know. There's an offense alignment in the transfer portal. And I think that warrants like an alarm, right? It's a lemon in the transfer portal. Damn, it was a good siren. All right, Kane Madden. Offense lineman, he's an interior offensive lineman, guard for Marshall. Arguably the best offensive lineman that's entered the transfer portal to date. He entered it yesterday. Uh, let's kind of start off there, Josh. Uh, I'm going to throw this to you, like, Seems like this is kind of a big deal for FSU, right? Yeah. A w- about a week after landing Dylan Gibbons, Kane Madden has now entered the portal. He's a guard as well. So let's just get that out of the way. But let me tell you, I, I got a good source in the transfer market who is on top of all this stuff. He, do- he doesn't work for a particular team. But he tells me that Kane Madden is the best offensive lineman to enter the portal this recruiting cycle. He's an NFL talent. Um he started, or I shouldn't say started, he played in 48 games at Marshall, and after the 2020 season, earned all-conference and all-American honors. Uh, he's a graduate transfer, so unlike Dylan Gibbons, who has two years, Kane Madden would only have one year. It's unclear how many teams are involved with Madden at this time. We're only just over 24 hours of him being in the portal, but I can tell you he's going to be highly sought after. Um, I mentioned in the article on Knowles 24-7 that Oregon and Alabama could be two teams to watch. That was uh, given to me directly by somebody familiar with his recruitment. However, there's going to be more than those teams. Um, every team in the country could use an upgraded offensive line, and Kane Madden's one of the one of the uh, top prospects to hit the portal. So I expect FSU – well, I should say this. I know FSU is pursuing him. Mm-hmm. Uh, put that in the article yesterday. FSU is actively pursuing Kane Madden uh, for one of their last spots as a transfer. We'll see what happens. Um, we know FSU staff has been in contact. Coach Dillingham's on it. Coach Atkins is on it. I'm sure Coach Norvell is involved. It's early. Um, a source within the FSU offices tell me he's going to be hard to get but they are active with them. Zach, I'm going to throw this to you. You have a little bit of scoop, a little bit of intel. Would you like to share with the the listeners? Yeah, so um, 
Yesterday, when, when Ken Madden entered the portal and announced on Twitter his intentions to enter the portal, a lot of FSU players came out um, and, and were kind of actively recruiting him uh, over social media. And I spoke to someone um, who actually talked to Kane Madden, and I'm hearing that Madden's set to get on a Zoom call today with Alex Atkins um, at FSU. And um, he's appreciated all the love that that the, these FSU players are showing him over social media. So it seems like they're making a difference there and at least getting their foot in the door um, or helping to get their foot in the door uh, for this FSU coaching staff. Yeah, he's six foot three, 313 pounds, originally from Ohio. And the main FSU tie to Marshall is that Adam Fuller obviously worked there not that long ago. So Clinton but don't, too, right? Would have been there, I think, overlapped around this. Yeah, time. I believe you're correct about that. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know how much overlap there is with Madden and Fuller in the sense of them knowing each other well, recruiting them, et cetera, so on and forth. What if I told you, Chris? I'm going to tell you. So it's not what if I told you. <laughs> I want to get your thoughts on what I'm telling you. Kane Madden's been a three-year starter for Marshall. He is allowed, per True Media via PFF, two sacks in his entire college career. Hmm? I, I would say sign him up right now. <laughs> so the interesting dynamic I, uh, plays that he is a guard, but I, I think he cares. Can, yeah, so you sign as many good offensive linemen as you can right now at FSU, and you try to get five out there who can block it up enough to help you win games. And the tackle situation, you know, we jokingly called it unicorn situation at times. You know, we're going to see that this kid's going to be pursued by some big bangers. You know, if a tackle jumps in there, it only increases interest because tackles are so tough to come by. I think that kind of speaks to how difficult it's going to be to get a tackle of a high quality, similar to what we consider Madden. I I, I agree with you, Chris, and I can confirm I was talking to someone uh, with knowledge of the offensive line workings and stuff at FSU and and, and the thought is, like, if you can get someone the quality of a Kane Madden, someone who probably is going to be playing in the NFL a year from now, uh, you go ahead and you take them because you can solidify the interior offensive line, and that, in theory, makes the tackles better. Uh, you may still say that Devontae Love-Taylor, Darius Washington, Robert Scott are, are guards long-term, and, and that might be true, uh, but it gives you the flexibility to say, okay, we, we solidify inside, and we give them help and make life a little easier for those guys and kind of figure it out from there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. I know some listeners are, are hell bent. I get an offensive tackle. It's just, it's hard to do if you can find, find one, like Chris said, uh, that was my big takeaway that FSU is, is very much so open to adding an offensive lineman, regardless of position still uh, to kind of round out the 21 recruiting class. Uh, did you guys have any other takeaways from, from this development from yesterday? What's your thoughts, Brandon, on uh, these former, these current players recruiting, desperately recruiting <laughs> uh, so, an offensive lineman? How does that gel with ju- just team chemistry in the locker room? Uh, so Mackenzie Milton was one of the more vocal ones. Amari Gaynor, uh, Kobe Gross, who else? So there's a handful. Jay Sean Corbin, there's a handful of guys. But if you're, but like, how does that work if you're Babyon Johnson, Dante Lucas, Goss? Dante Lucas actually came out and when they signed Gibbons and said, all right, let's go. Now that was with one interior offensive lineman. I'm not sure how he's going to feel they add a second one. Uh, But these guys are going all in on social media. It's the hard eye emojis. It's the begging. It's the come on. Like, do do you, is there any, is there any, uh, yeah, I don't know of anyone. I don't know if anyone's like upset, but you know, what are you going to do? Like 
you need offensive linemen. I don't have any issue. I don't think any like if you're if you played offensive line, if you're FSU's roster and you watched the offensive line the last few years, like how is well, anyone going to have okay. an issue? With, I guess with this. this. I guess look at it this way: If they land Kane, Kane Madden, who who gives? Who cares? Like they got a NFL caliber offensive right. line coming in. F your feelings. But if However, they <laughs> if they don't land Kane Madden, what happens? I mean, again, what what's the downside? So like, so Bayvon Johnson's feelings are hurt. Like I'm sure Bayvon's a professional. He's been here for five years, six years now. Like what? Six. Like I don't understand. I don't think it's a huge deal. Players, media, coaches, all of it in the football community love to use cliches. You know, pressure creates diamonds. Mm-hmm. Well, here we iron are. Sharpens iron. Here iron we are. Iron. <laughs> this is the reality of it. <laughs> and it's I'm not fine like, with taking two quarterbacks. Oh, shit. Now we got another quarterback. Right. Let's see how this goes. Josh, like, Josh. Hey. <laughs> it, it is a slightly different dynamic because, like, their quarterback, there's only one can play at a time in theory, unless you're running some crazy, you know, mm-hmm. wildcat skip. Offensive line, there's five. So if you add one more and you still can't crack the top five, like tough noogies, man. I yeah, no, I get it. I, I agree. I'm just saying it's it's just a funny deal seeing it. It, it, the, it was interesting. Why isn't Baby on chiming in? Why isn't <laughs> the players did not hesitate either? As soon as they found out he was in there, like they went hard after him. And like uh, Zach said, like it sounds like he was appreciative of it. He actually here's some some uh, follow the follows type of stuff. He ended up this morning as recorded as he followed uh, Jay Sean Corbin. Kobe Gross, and uh, one more. Who was it, Zach? Uh, I think it was Gaynor, maybe? It was it Amari Gaynor? And Amari, I think, was kind of leading the charge, as he's known to do on social Weird. media. Weird. So he's not following Dante Lucas, Jalen Goss, <laughs> or Baby on Johnson. <laughs> Breaking news. Guys aren't warmly embracing their future, <laughs> their replacement. Like that. <laughs> Love, it's love. one of the weird things of the transfer. I mean, and, and I just, I'm laughing. It's This isn't the first time we've seen it. Uh, we've seen it. Almost every transfer that you know that we've confirmed that FSU is pursuing, it seems like the staff has gotten some of the players involved. Like except at least the, they let for the, the players. Except the state defensive tackle was the only one. Oh, that we yeah. did not figure out that was weird. <laughs> that was the one that threw us threw us off because we were being told directly from our sources that they are not going after this Penn State. D, was it D end or D tackle? The D tackle um, and went to Florida. Oddly enough. Gainer and these guys were just nonstop retweeting him, but we're being told that they're not recruiting. So yeah, that was one. That was a weird one. Uh, you have to warm up a little bit. You have to warm up a little bit. Yeah, they were just practicing. Uh, K Madden is really good. PFF ranked him very highly. I think in the '90s this past year, and in the previous years, his his grades were pretty solid too. So uh, that'll be interesting to to follow and to monitor. We'll keep you posted on Knowles twenty four seven. Again, like Zach said. A meeting, a Zoom meeting today expected between Kay Madden and Alex Atkins, which is certainly news. That's really good for FSU to be getting in and being aggressive early. We'll see what happens. Um, let's move on to, uh, you know, I'm going to throw this to Zach too. Zach's killing it right now. Uh, he is, he got an exclusive Q&A with quarterback commit A.J. Duffy. I think it's like the first sit down that A.J.'s really had since committing uh, to Florida State. So, Zach, I, I don't want to give it all away because it's on Knowles 24-7. It's VIP. It's behind the paywall. Is something that, like, if you're thinking about subscribing to Knowles 24-7, I, this is the kind of content that you do it for. Um, so don't give away everything, man. But, like, what are two of the three, like, big takeaways in the sit-down with, with AJ? Yeah, I'd say with the first takeaway is um, we kind of mentioned after AJ committed to Florida State that he was kind of nationally known amongst some um, high-caliber recruits. And that's paying off already as he's recruiting guys like Kevin Coleman and Jaleel Skinner um, to FSU to their top um, receiver and tight end targets. And 
you know, that's been a good development. And then he just, he, he, he touched a lot on how close he is with coach Norvell and Dillingham and even um, the new edition of Ryan Barto and how that changed things. So it's definitely worth the read. If you go over to Knowles 24 seven, um, me and AJ talked for a while and he has a lot, he gave a lot of good stuff. So it's a, it's definitely a, a good piece to go and just um, sit down with. And, you know, I, I, I think, AJ is a good leader for this class. I don't know. You know, he's not a super vocal guy, but he's he's a vocal enough to be um, kind of to point that bell cow, you know, label on him um, as a guy that's going to help get other guys to join him at FSU. Who do you th- who are the guys connected to him? We 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 know there's a few. Well, yeah. So you got the guys like. Um, Jaleel and, and Kevin, and then at IMG, the running back target, Katron Jaleel Skinner, the, the yeah. South Carolina wide receiver who's coming in on the fifth. And then you have Kevin Coleman. When's Kevin Coleman coming in? He's the number one wide receiver in the country, or number two, is it? I think number one. And number one, number two. He told me he's going to come in June. Um, he pointed out the, the date of June 1st, but he said that that probably wasn't going to be the case. And he let me know, you know when he schedules another visit. So... I'll, I'll be sure to catch up with him. Um, but AJ, you know, AJ attends IMG Academy, which is just absolutely loaded with um, FSU targets in the, both the 2022 class and the 23 class. So there's a lot of guys, but most notably, like I said, um, running back target Katron Allen, who was at one of FSU's spring scrimmages, and they're probably going to look to get him in on a visit this summer um, as he's one of their top running back targets. When do you think Duffy will be back on campus? When's the next time? He's going to be in California this summer, um, but he's coming for one weekend in in the summer to do the Future 50 camp, which I think is actually taking place at IMG um, this year, mm-hmm. which it usually takes place in January, but since of, because of COVID, it got pushed back to the summer. So he, he'll be in, in Florida and he, he thinks he might go up and visit Florida State that weekend. I think it's the second weekend of June. Second weekend of June. Okay, cool. So we'll we'll get Duffy. Now, do you think Duffy makes it to campus more or less times than Nico Markio this summer? <laughs> That's where he was going. <laughs> this summer? Because you're you're basically telling me AJ Duffy is taking one visit to FSU this summer. Yeah. Will Nico Markiel take more the same or less visits to FSU this summer than AJ Duffy? It's a trend. Honestly, act. I can see it being the same. I think Nico, if he comes in, it's gonna probably gonna be for one weekend. Um, you know, he's taking other official visits as it stands right now. So I don't see him, you know, visiting a bunch of times like he said uh yeah. before. Yeah, it's interesting what's going on with this Nico Markiel recruitment. <laughs> We could talk about we could talk about it every podcast. He's essential. I mean, he's op- he's re he's fully reopened his recruitment. Like yeah. him saying, I was thinking more about that story that he did with Greg Greg Biggins and him saying that he is uh, taking five official visits, maybe one to FSU, and then making a final decision. I mean, he's essentially right now he's playing he's playing it perfectly. He's holding his spot at Florida State. Meanwhile, he's completely reopened his recruitment and is entertaining all these other schools. He's going to go get wined and dined at all these schools. 
Then he's going to come back and compare it all to FSU and make a final decision. Like, this is wild. But do you think that's how it's going to play out? Like, I've, I've got the feeling as soon as he steps foot on another campus, like, is FSU going to honor his commitment at that point? It's kind of interesting, like, who has the leverage? They are now. Yeah, but he hasn't set foot anywhere yet. He could talk about it, but kind of like the same thing with he was okay in theory with taking with a second quarterback commitment coming in. As soon as the second one came in, all of a sudden we start hearing about different visits and whatnot. Uh, is FSU okay with with this in theory until it actually is practice? Until he's actually no thinks we have a good old game of chicken here. That's what I we called he, it on the podcast last we week. You weren't. You I think he's going to take his visits. Of course, I listen to the pod. I always listen. You to listen pod. to it? I know. Chris no. Does. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's definitely going to take his visits. I don't think he has any intention because remember when we talked to him last, well, before the AJ Duffy commitment, and he was telling Zach how many visits he was going to take to Florida State during the summer. He was talking about flying out like multiple times, like multiple visit weekends during the right. season. Stuff so we're in mid-May. Yeah. If you're flying to Tallahassee multiple times in June, you've got to make those trips known. I mean, he, I, I think he fully plans on – I don't think he really – I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I'm going to leave it right there. Uh, I'll say it. No. The actions – that are being taken do not indicate someone who is fully committed. Yeah. To I'm not really watching him. I understand what he's doing. Yeah. I'm more intrigued on how the FSU staff is going to, how handle. they respond. And he's yeah. for, I know what he's doing. He's, he's, he's doing it. And he's full within his right to, I don't want to say like, like whatever, like that's on, that's on him. I just, mm-hmm. it just, we've been doing this for a long time. We know what a committed quarterback sounds like, looks like we know when there's warning signs. We knew with Luke Altmaier late in that recruitment, that, that's not exactly what you want to see him going to Ole Miss multiple times. That felt weird. We knew with Sam Howe uh, when he went to UNC that second time. Like, oh, that's, that's And you know what a, a solidly committed quarterback sounds like because Nico Markiel was a was the right. benchmark for that for a while. Like that is what you want a committed quarterback to sound like. And now he sounds like a completely different person when he talks about FSU. Yep. It'll be interesting to see play out. We'll see. But great, great article on A.J. Duffy, Zach. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad it sparked some discussion. <laughs> if nothing else, no, it's a really good, really good sit down. And and it, how was it getting a hold of AJ? Like, was that pretty easy, Zach? Because I don't think anyone else really has done this yet. Yeah, um, I just texted him once, and he gave me a call. So it was it was oh. <laughs> pretty that's simple. As, that's as easy as it gets. How's the cat doing right now? Uh, pretty good. I have just moved her to another room, so she doesn't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, uh, there were a few 2022 offers that came out, I think yesterday and maybe even the day before, last couple of days, uh, but, a, but a couple ones for this recruiting cycle come out. So that's newsworthy. Uh, if we can just go down a quick rundown like uh, of who was offered and, and your thoughts, I know you caught up with one of them. Maybe that'll be the starting point. Uh, Derek Brown from Texarkana. Yeah, talented defensive end John Papuchas extended the offer that happened yesterday. FSU told him he could be an immediate impact at FSU. Now, they're jumping into a pretty tight race here. He's got, you know, several dozen offers already. He has plans to see Baylor, Oklahoma, Texas, A&M, as well as regular old Texas. Three of those visits in June, trip to see the Sooners in September. He did tell me he hopes to see FSU, but he didn't have anything locked in. Last season, 67 tackles, 20 for loss, six sacks. You know, he's a kid that can impact the game. He put a little bit outside backer as well, defensive end last year. He's from Texarkana, Texas High. Isn't He's that where isn't that where smoking the bandit like isn't that the the genesis of that? 
I'm not right. positive. Are they going to Texarkana? I'm looking it up. Wealthy Texas. Oh, you keep going. I'll let you know. But I'm pretty sure right. the, the, we get to an FSU tie here eventually. Another offer that was extended yesterday was to 2022 wide receiver Curtis DeVille. He's from Iowa, Louisiana. I didn't know there was an Iowa, Louisiana before yesterday. So you learn something new every day. Six foot, pound, six foot 180 pound wide receiver. FSU's the biggest school to offer today. He had North Texas, Purdue, Southern, Tulane, and Western Kentucky prior to. He's a really good track athlete kid. Placed third as a junior in the Louisiana State meet in the high jump, 6'2". Ran second leg of Iowa's 3A gold medal winning 4x100 relay team. Ran a 23-3-200 in March. His film's impressive in the sense of you definitely see the athleticism translate. The second clip on his film, you see the speed as he separates from a defense. Third clip, he goes up and wins it in the air. I think that's a kid that FSU would like to get in for a camp. I kind of got the feeling that was a kid that if Law ends up going to LSU or elsewhere, might become a little bit more of a target in the sense of one of these versatile, do a lot of different things, athletic wide receivers that they like. And then a few days ago, they offered a defensive back in the Tennessee area. Um, let me make sure I get his name correct. It's a three-part name, so those sometimes grab me and mess up. I, I got it here if you need it. You yeah, know? fire away with the name. It's Diarco is the first name. Oh, all right. All right. Now, I guess the second. Let's play this as more I, I can't remember the last two. Uh, it's named after a restaurant. Yeah, I, I don't want to call him Diarco Kendrick Perkins because that would be wrong. Oh, but Perkins and is Diarco Perkins. Perkins is part of it. I know, all but right. I can't and remember the, the hype. And the last one is also named after a kind of like – McAllister. Yeah. Um, he, he's got a boatload of offers. I think he's at 27 or so. Uh, you know, a lot of SEC type area schools, Kentucky, Tennessee, Old Miss, they're all in that with him. Uh, Tennessee for a while there, I think, was thought of as a favorite. It seems like that's adjusted a little bit. I don't know if that's post Pruitt since Heupel got there or what exactly it is. He does intend to take a lot of June visits. When I checked with him the other day, he didn't get back to me, so I'm not sure if FSC will fall on the agenda. He's a safety kid. I liked his film a lot. But, I mean, FSU is in a pretty good spot when it comes to the secondary. So I think this might just be a talented kid that they're jumping in the fray because, well, he's just talented. I don't think this is necessarily a pressing need or a plan B to something going on right now. I think the kids that we expect to be FSU defensive backs in this class, as things stand today, it maintains the same despite that new offer. Uh, I can confirm that Texarkana was one of the entry points like where they needed to get the – was doing the beer run, right? Right? It was Texarkana. Texarkana I, to Atlanta. I really – both the kids yesterday, DeVille and Brown, I, I like their film a heck of a lot. Brown's a really, really talented kid. I just think he's going to stay regional. I think at the end of the day, you're getting in a race a little too late, trying to swing a kid away. The other kid, the Louisiana kid from Iowa, Louisiana, DeVille, uh, you know, I feel like FSU's way ahead on that one, but I feel like that's by intention. FSU's kind of that way with Louisiana kids in general where they're willing to be first – but they're also going to slow play it at times. The budget for Smoking the Bandit was $4.3 million. It made $126 million in the box office. Talk about ROI. Okay, we're about to go to commercial break, but real quick, uh, my boy Newberg has, has a message for y'all. It's that time of the month. <laughs> we are <laughs> for our Knowles 24-7 supporters to actually support us. Um, we're looking for some signups on the site right now. We have a VIP promotion one month for $1, or you can get an annual for $6.27 a month. Um, it also includes a seven-day free trial. 
So get on there, get on the site. If you like the podcast, if you can't wait for this podcast to come out, then why are you not on our site already? So we don't often make pushes on here to get you guys to sign up. But like I said, it's that time of the month. <laughs> it's that time of the month. All right, commercial break. I can't deal with you right now. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to On the Bench. Wrapping up here, we're going to play a quick game. You know how much I like games. We're going to talk about the updated transfer rankings and how much you guys like rankings. And we're going to talk about soccer, golf, and baseball. I know how much Chris Nee likes all of those things as well. Uh, so much so that he did. There's some basketball to, news too. I don't care. I maybe do care. I don't know. But you carry makes me not want to care. I don't know what that says about me as a human being. Like I said, I'm awful. Let's start with, I did a little update, and we've been kind of putting this list together for a few weeks now, but I did on, on Knowles 24-7. You can check it out right now. A full list of the expected walk-ons who are expected to either, some of them have joined already. Uh, the rest of them are expected to kind of trickle in. Uh, throughout the summer here. These are the preferred walk-ons guys at FSU kind of had to go mining for and, and try to find some value. So check that out. It's a nice group of players, all with some upside and, and you see like a path to them helping out in some capacity or another down the road. Uh, but I want to play like a game like where we, we all go down the list here and pick a guy who's like our guy, like the, you know, like I, I, I Wyatt Rector was mine. It's, it's no shock that, that I thought he'd be someone who would help FSU and he gets put on scholarship within a year of being here um, and plays a ton on special teams now contributes. Uh, so who's going to be your guy? Like who are you going to put a flag in force as a guy who's going to contribute down the road? Um, do you want me to start? So you guys can look at the list real quick. I'm assuming that no one's read my story. Yeah, I, I'm ready. I prepared. I did hours of study on this. Okay. Well, I created a go Chris. Go ahead. No, you go. Joe Lang, buddy. I'm going to no, go. That was Lang. mine. That was uh, mine. Uh, you know what? No, you know, I'm going to say you can't take the transfer. Who's a two year starter. That seems oh, like cheating. That seems like che- cheating. It's but, not cheating. It's buying the right stock. <laughs> you guys of all people should understand that. It's called the worst stock show, Chris. We don't buy the right stocks. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think Joe, Joe Lang's going to be a special teams contributor who once in a blue moon may even pop out there on the defense, but I think he's worthwhile. Okay, if I can't pick him, I'll go with C.J. Campbell. Am I stealing yours now, Sanone? I was between two, and C.J. Campbell was someone who I helped uh, discover early on, and I'll pat myself on the back for you. can take him. Go ahead. Toot, toot. Listen to you. <laughs> um, no, I mean, C.J. Campbell is a talented, dynamic, offensive athlete. I feel like that's something that FSU does a good job of capitalizing on, and we've seen they're not scared of playing a walk-on running back type. Treshawn Ward, king of the spring, right? King of the Spring. Yep. Nope. Yeah. Um, we got it. We so got it. CJ is the kind of guy who I think can fall right into that lane of player. Uh, so real quick, CJ Campbell is a late bloomer from Panama City's Bay High, it's the same place where J Rob went. Uh, kudos, J Rob just signed his uh, his rookie contract. So I think that's all four drafted players who have now signed 
uh, from FSU have signed the rookie contracts. He he was kind of like a, a like a sub package player. CJ was until this past year, and he broke out to have two thousand two hundred ten yards of total offense, twenty five touchdowns. Really smart kid too. He has like a four point six GPA. Has overcome like a lot of like stuff, home stuff too. Like he he's someone that's going to be easy for this fan base to root for, and, and hopefully he does contribute. Uh, Joe Lang, that uh, Chris mentioned and, and stole from Josh is did not a, steal. There was there stole. was no stealing. Mm, you told me to go first. He's a two-year I starter. Just, I at cashed Ho- in the chips at Holy Cross uh, that had 77 tackles in 2018, 72 in 2019. Like Chris said, he's he's a safety who's probably going to contribute on special teams, and I could see him also like making his way into like a dime nickel kind of role too in, in sub packages as well. So a really good find there. All right, Josh, you've had time to recover. Uh, who's your backup after after knee broke your heart? Oh, I don't have one. Okay. <laughs> Zachary, a walk-on that's going to contribute. Are you serious? I'm not saying this year. Like, just like it could be like in two of the years. Like, who's the guy you're going to watch? And my, you know, no, I'm moving on. Oh, uh, I thought no. you meant my bad. I thought you were talking about who this. is the future king of the spring. Is what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that, there you go. That's how this should have been marketed. Good job, Chris. Josh still doesn't know. Zach, have you been have you been doing research and ready? While well, I'm stalling for Josh still. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm done. I'm not talking. <laughs> oh, okay, good. All right, I like it. <laughs> Yeah, I did a lot more research than Chris after looking at the heat maps and all that. Um, <laughs> Emil Aime, I think that's how you pronounce his name, out of uh, yeah, yeah, Aime, whatever, um, out of the Miami area. <laughs> um, he he's a linebacker prospect who was really productive in high school. He totaled seventy five tackles as a senior at True Prep Academy, which was kind of a a makeup school this year um, because of COVID uh, stuff going on at other schools. Um, and you know, he's also productive, uh, in track and field. He won the one, a meet, uh, this, uh, the shot put event in the one, a meet, um, this earlier this month. Uh, so that, that was pretty cool. And I think he's a guy that can contribute on special teams. And then, like you said, maybe down the line contribute, um, on the defense somehow. Is he related to Waliame? I, I think I would imagine so. The same last name, and they both played at university school, so if, like from same area. There's better than zero percent chance, right? Probably, yeah. We don't know that for a fact. All right, we should look into that because that's cool. Uh, Wally was a a pretty solid contributor for a couple of years here at FSU, uh, and and Emil Ame was also like at one point like a very highly like he ended up being like he's finished as a three star recruit. Like he was ranked by by recruiting services uh, and the number like one thousand player in the country. But he had a bunch of offers going into his junior season. I'm not sure what happened this year. Like Zach said, he, he ended up going to True Prep Academy, which was like a, a smaller school because they weren't able to get games in at, at university school. So I'm not entirely sure what happened there, but that is a kind of like another diamond in the rough type of guy. Uh, I'm going to go with Jack O'Keefe. He's a two-time first-team All-State member from Cardinal Gibbons in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, go ahead, turn on. I put I put his highlights in the story. Brings a lot of juice off the edge as a as an edge rusher, but also stand up linebacker, like really aggressive hitter, pretty fluid in coverage too. Maybe a little undersized, probably why I didn't pick up more interest. But I think he had some lower level uh, offers, so someone who who probably can contribute on special teams in a couple years or so, and and who knows what happens from there. Josh, do you want to go James Rosenberry, the long snapper? Just respect the long snapper. Yeah, obviously he's going to be a uh, major contributor. I can't wait. Listen to this. I can't wait till on the bench moves past this era of FSU football where we actually talk about walk-ons as if they're going to contribute. I mean, could you imagine the audacity of having this segment in 2012 or 2011 when Jimbo was building it up to uh, up to the run to the uh, national championship? Josh's back isn't the only thing broken. (laughs) 
I'm being serious though. Doesn't that, doesn't that say just the fact that we're even here pondering, which I just blame Sinone for this segment. That's, that's a good point too. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for this arrow of, of a football to move on from Sinone. Hey, a, a sneak peek. We're going to do a, a ask Josh anything and ask Newberg anything in the ANA instead of an AMA. And one of the questions is, do you hate me? So we'll uh, save that for, for later on this month. We'll do that exclusive to answer that question. Uh, also, oh, I said I didn't want to do it today because I'm in a bad mood. Well, you seem like you're in a good mood right now. The pain pills must be working. I, I didn't want it. Yeah, I don't want it. I'm a little chippy today. So it's it's best we don't answer questions like that today. Okay. Or maybe it is. Hurt my feelings. <laughs> my internet connection. I just got an internet connection on stable alert, and I blame Comcast. They're they're Haven't throttled. called you yet to upgrade? No, that's new though, right? Like they they got a new we got a new service. I don't know. I was going to upgrade to Metronet, but then they dug up half my front yard so they can go to hell. Oh, so just out of I don't know. Uh, Comcast is throttling me. They started like calling me trying to upgrade the service around the same time the service started getting really crappy. Coincidence? Probably not. Christopher, you were out at golf regionals this weekend. Uh, there was, unfortunately, heartbreak on the on the pitch for women's soccer. Uh, you kind of win, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword type of deal. Uh, got some baseball hosting news or not hosting news and then hoops news as well. So I'm going to mute this and then uh, let you talk about your sports. And when we come back, uh, we'll, we'll finish up the podcast. How about that? All right. Well, Monday I went out to the Seminole Legacy Golf Club, which, you know, recently renovated. Very nice. Jack Nicholas put his fingers on it. FSU shot a 271 on that first day, opening up a big lead at the tournament, and it kind of held that they sustained it throughout. FSU ended up finishing 34 strokes under. Second place, which I believe was Georgia Tech, was 17 strokes under. All five of FSU's golfers finished in the top 15, the only team to do that. I think FSU was the only team that had five golfers all finish under par for the tournament. Um, I mean, it was just awesome. John Pock was very good. He finished second among the FSU team. Vincent Norman finished first among the FSU team at nine under. I think Norman ended up finishing third overall. The kid that won it was a young man from Georgia. He actually played with John on day one, as well as a kid from Liberty who finished in the top five or six, I believe. They were a very fun trio to watch play on Monday. I actually watched walked all 18 watching them on Monday. Very much enjoyed it. I went out yesterday, mostly hung around the last two to three holes and watch the team come in and finish up as the day wrapped up. It sends FSU to the NCAA championships, which is at Greyhawk Golf Club in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's FSU's first trip since 2017. It's abundantly clear in listening to Trey Jones, head golf coach, talk about this team that, you know, this is one of the best groups he's ever had here. Obviously, they've had some elite golfers here, but I think this might be the best group of four or five guys that they've had at one time that they feel like they can make a run with. Um, are, hold on. Are you excited to go cover them in Scottsdale for the championship? Hey, I love Scottsdale. It's a dry heat. Uh, yeah, no, I was I, talking to Brendan. I think actually, you know, it's been a slow off season. Me and Brendan are going to foot the bill and send you out to Scottsdale. Oh, look yeah. at you guys. But you have to Take it interview- up with my wife, though. I don't think she'd be <laughs> You have to interview Nico while you're out there, though, too. Oh, okay. All right. So I was putting you to work. Um. So, yeah. Good, good shown by them. It was nice for them to be able to show off the golf course here in Tallahassee. It's a very nice course. I think there's still going to be some trial and error with changing some holes and make it a little more challenging. FSU kind of beat it up and took advantage of it. But uh, good times. As far as soccer, that happened Monday evening. Santa Clara penalty kicks. You know, if you're a soccer fan or at least half invested, you paid attention to it. Obviously, really disappointing for that team, which was the best team in the country throughout the season. 
to come home empty-handed in the sense of not winning the national championship. But it is what it is. I thought Mark Corian was phenomenal after the game with handling it, very complimentary of Jerry, the head coach for Santa Clara and his bunch, with how they played, what they earned, what they did. I think Santa Clara was underseated as an 11 because they only played seven regular season games because of circumstances. But that was a talented bunch, a turnbow young lady who ended up scoring a goal to tie it. She, she's kind of just a pest. She's constant go. She's always bothering the ball. And FSU obviously had a pretty bad turnover that led to that opportunity, and it happened. So that stunk. Baseball, you know, they learned last week, late last week, they're not going to be one of 20 predetermined host things sites that 16 will come out of, and then eventually the eight super regionals. They're not one of those. We have to make sure Gonzaga and Charlotte and Louisiana Tech, you know, get a fair deal here. And South Carolina is included because the SEC is really good, but South Carolina is not, so let's throw them in too. So FSU is not one of those 20. Um, but FSU will probably end up playing themselves into the discussion of being a team worthy of being a top 16 when the time comes, even though they won't be able to host. Uh, you know, projections right now, D1 Baseball, I believe, had them in Ruston, Louisiana. Baseball America had them in Gainesville. Uh, Ruston would be Louisiana Tech as a 16 national seed. And then Gainesville, obviously, Florida was number 14 national seed. Those respectively matched up to Arkansas and Texas for Supers. Um, baseball's at NC State, Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. That's because they go to Truist Field in Charlotte, North Carolina for the ACC baseball tournament starting later in the week. FSU could end up as high as the number three seed in that tournament, but truthfully, like three to seven in the ACC standings is pretty thick and tight. So FSU, I think if they win two games this weekend, are guaranteed no worse than a number four seed. And that's what they would prefer. Um, the pitching rotation, Messick got moved last weekend from Friday to Sunday because of a back issue. He's staying as the Saturday this weekend, which is the third spot this weekend. So they're going to go Hubbard, Grady, Messick. I'm interested to see how that continues into the ACC tournament and eventually regional and potentially super regional play. Um, and then with Hoops, they officially announced the UCF Orange Bowl Classic game today. FSU's played in the Orange Bowl Classic. I think this will be like the 14th time. Um, it's something Leonard loves playing in. People that organize it love having FSU. FSU versus UCF down there this year. Obviously, FSU played UCF in town last year and actually lost to them. Mm-hmm. So that should be a game worth – oh, shut up, Sano. That should be a game worth watching. John Rothstein also reported that FSU will host Tulane, I believe he said, November 17th. FSU is also going to play in what's called the Jacksonville Classic. Mizzou, Liberty, I believe SMU was the other team that was known already for that. I think we're going to see a lot of smaller MTE kind of tournaments this year. And an example of that is FSU playing in Jacksonville. So details for that aren't finalized or announced, but the basketball schedule is slowly coming together. Um, But no big tournament for FSU this year. They're not, you know, they're not going Charleston like they were supposed to. You know, this tournament is going to be more like what they played over in Destin a couple years ago, the Emerald Coast Classic. It's going to be something similar in stature to that. Thank you, Christopher, for those fine updates. Uh, Coming up now as we wrap up the podcast, I almost said the NCAA again. Damn it, I almost did it again. 24-7 sports. Okay, I'll count you in. Ready? Seven. Six. Who starts at five? Get yourself collected, son. Four, three, two, one. Thank you for those fine updates, Christopher. As we wrap up the podcast, I want to go over one more thing. 24-7 sports has released... I butchered it again. No, we're just going to keep going through it here. I'm laughing because it's like the third time I've tried to do it. I keep calling it NCAA has released its transfer ratings. It isn't the NCAA. It's 24-7 sports. It's a top 100, which I think is the All right, Josh, your turn. (laughs) 
<laughs> which is the most we've ever done. Uh, and multiple FSU players are on this updated list of the transfer rankings. Uh, FSU has eight transfers that they've taken in so far. Uh, go ahead around the horn here, guys, and guess how many uh, FSU players are represented here on the top 100. Five. Four. Did we lose Zach? Did the cat get him? The cat killed him. The oh cat got him. Smothered him. I was, smothered kind of, I was kind of. I was trying to move the cat on. Sorry. Um. What's going on? <laughs> just say three. Just say three. Three. Okay. There you go. Oh, you guys are all wrong. You're all idiots. Six. There's six. Uh, going down the list here. Number twelve for FSU. Quarterback McKenzie um, Milton. He was at. When 16. a man calls you an idiot, and then he freezes. <laughs> All right, bros. I can hear you guys. This is the best part of the podcast. Oh so my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Am I still frozen? You guys are all frozen. This is ridiculous. What up? It's Sinone. Obviously, having some internet issues, so we're just cutting the podcast short. You can go ahead and check out the top 100 transfer rankings from 24/7 Sports, not the NCAA. Uh, on Knowles247.com at noon on Thursday. By the time you're listening to this, uh, the podcast will hopefully be posted and the top 100 rankings will be posted as well. Spoiler alert, Mackenzie Milton, number 12 overall in the top 100 rankings. Uh, you got to have to guess where the other five guys, who they are and where they are. Or you just go ahead, check out Knowles247.com. All right, thanks to everyone for listening, for putting up with our shenanigans. Support internet connection. I'm going to go call Comcast right now and try to get that rectified. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next time here on On the Bench. Thanks for listening. Now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.